You are listening to the Youth Move Nevada podcast, and we're your hosts. I'm Lexi, and I'm a youth facilitator in Reno, Nevada. Hi, I'm Daniel. I am the youth facilitator in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm Riley, a youth mentor also in Las Vegas, Nevada. What is Youth Move podcast? This podcast stems from the Youth Move Nevada organization. It's a youth-led and youth-inspired collective that encourages and empowers our youth peers to create systems change based on lived experience in the youth voice. This podcast will focus primarily on mental health and have discussion around important youth topics that show concrete examples of lived experience. Welcome back to the Youth Move Nevada podcast. Can you guys believe it's already March of 2021? I can't believe it. Me either. And this month marks one year since we were thrown from our normal routines into the COVID-19 pandemic. With this said, we think it's the perfect time to talk about resilience. Let's get resilience. I'm excited to be talking about this today because it really is important. Like we do in every episode, let's start off with the definition and give the listeners a better idea of what resiliency is. Hey, Riley, hit them with the definition. Okay. Resiliency can be described in many ways, but the idea is that resilience can help us get through and overcome hardship. But resilience is not something we're born with. It's built up over time as the experiences we have interact with our unique individual genetic makeup. That's why we all respond to stress and adversity, like that from the COVID-19 pandemic, differently. I like to add that age makes a difference too. Daniel's right, and with age, it goes both ways. When I say this, I mean that I've read and heard that children are naturally more resilient, and that proves to be true. But resilience, like Riley said, is also built over time through our experiences and interactions. Many children and youth do have the natural ability to overcome adversity, while for others, it might take time and practice. The awesome thing about resilience is that you can strengthen it and go from the foundation you already have. Later in this episode, we will touch on some strategies for youth to build resilience. For now, we're going to get into the resilience seesaw. You can think of resilience like a scale or a seesaw. On one end, you'll have your negative experiences or stressors. This can be things like failing grades, closed schools, social distancing, etc. And on the other end, you'll have the positive outcomes like food security, a good relationship with your parents, and supportive teachers. Obviously, everyone's seesaw is going to look different as we're all dealing with our own situations. Also keep in mind that when it comes to resilience, it's all about loading up that positive side of the seesaw and counterbalancing the hardships in our life that appear on the negative side of the seesaw. With this past year, our seesaws are probably struggling to find a middle ground, and that's okay. We've dealt with a pandemic that has disrupted our normal routines and thrown us into unprecedented challenges like physical distancing, lack of social connection, distance learning, and so much more. Absolutely, and because of this extensive list, we need to focus on unloading the negative side. We have already experienced these things, then how do we unload them? That's a great question, and you can start by reducing stress. For example, if a youth is struggling in school, and that's on the negative side of the scale, they can seek out information and self-advocate for support. You won't be able to completely erase the outcome, but you do have the power to change it and improve the situation. 
Yeah, you know, for me in high school, I would often struggle with um, taking tests and I had these resources available, but I had to build up that skill of using them. So at first I was kind of struggling with my grades, but over time I got more comfortable with asking for help and getting the help that I needed and building up that strategy of actually utilizing the services that were there specifically to help me allowed me to succeed more. Right. That's such a perfect example, Riley. Thank you for sharing your lived experience. I know for me, it always helps to hear those personal examples. Hey guys, I would like to share too. Please do. Throughout high school, my learning disability weighed heavily on the negative side. I worked hard on counterbalancing that stress. I learned about my disability and learned what works best for me. Then I practice on communicating and advocating. That's awesome, Daniel. With our own lived experience, it sounds like some ways to counterbalance negative outcomes would be to educate yourself, seek out support, and be compassionate towards yourself and the situation you're in. Those sound like great ways to counterbalance those negative outcomes, and those examples really help me understand that it's going to take awareness and practice to reduce the negative outcomes on our seesaw, but it's definitely possible. With these thoughts in mind, let's shed some light on loading up the positive side of our resilient seesaw. We could add on the positive side by piling on positive experiences. For young people to achieve greater resilience, especially in our current times, it requires supportive relationships with friends and adults, which we spent time talking about in February. For youth, I think supportive relationships make a world of difference. I know that we have all talked with youth that share a common theme of how helpful a support system is and how it helps youth, whether that be with your mental health, academic performance, or overall confidence. I know that that was true for me. Me too, Daniel. And for me, I know that some of the most helpful, supportive relationships I had were with people that weren't in my immediate family. I relied on peers, friends, and coaches. So keep in mind that supportive relationships can be with trusted adults or people in your community. But either way, maintaining contact with others is of critical importance when we're talking about resiliency. That's why we promote our peer meetings every Tuesday, because having that kind of support helps us face adversity. And obviously, we share similar experiences like the struggles of the COVID pandemic, and it helps us realize we aren't alone. Based on research, another strategy from the U.S. news is to utilize your strengths. I personally think it's great to promote using your strengths to strengthen your resilience. Part of our mission is to take a strengths-based approach to mental health and improving support services for youth. So it just makes sense that utilizing your strengths is beneficial, and in this case, will help you gain resiliency. It's proven that intentionally using one of your strengths every day can actually increase your happiness. And when I think of this, it really makes sense, like Riley said. For example, one of my strengths is communicating, so I can exercise this every day, and eventually, when I do face a challenge, I can rely on this strength and hopefully reduce my stress. Do you guys have any other strategies to gain resilience? One that comes to my mind is our responses. I like to think of it as what we have control over and what we don't. We can't control certain events like the pandemic, but we do have control over how we react and choose to respond to the situation. We're also in control of our feelings and actions, so knowing your personal power and responses is an effective way. I love that and think that also relates to thinking things through, which can greatly help us when dealing with challenges. 
In order to respond to something, we go through a thinking process. And being able to effectively problem solve will consist of asking yourself questions like, what is the situation? What are my options? And what are my strengths in this context? Taking these answers into consideration will help you be more resilient. And last but not least, I'd like to touch on mindfulness. Mindfulness is when you can focus on the present moment and calmly acknowledge your thoughts, feelings, and environment. Mindfulness naturally lowers your stress and can help you feel calmer. How can we practice mindfulness? It's quite simple, and there's no right or wrong way. It really depends on what works best for you and your mind. Some ways to be mindful can be closing your eyes, breathing slowly, being present in your thoughts, focusing on what you have control over, and other things, like focusing on what you can feel. There are a lot of different ways to practice mindfulness, That's so though. true, and I want to emphasize what Riley said. There is no right way to practice mindfulness. It depends on you and your preferences. For me, I'm mindful when I practice yoga or sit in the cold and really focus on what I'm feeling and thinking and seeing. I'm mindful when I listen to music and just sit there with my eyes closed and just meditate on the words. We've compiled a great list of ideas to build resiliency and reduce our negative outcomes. And I know that if we can consistently implement these strategies, we can slowly strengthen our ability to overcome hardships. Before we go, remember that you are not alone. We're all facing new times and new situations, but there's hope and you can build your resilience. Resiliency comes naturally for some, but it's something we all need to put effort into to balance our life and promote a healthy future. For more information, you can access the resources we talked about and other episodes on the Youth Move Nevada webpage on the Nevada PEP website by visiting www.nvpep.org. We also share content on all social media platforms, so make sure to follow at Youth Move Nevada on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next time I'm facing a challenge, I will remember our conversation today. We'll catch you guys next time on the Youth Move Nevada podcast. The theme music used in this podcast was created by Youth Move Nevada member TJ Stevens of Falanchi Productions.